Hi, I'm Michelle Brooks. Welcome to Endo Matters. This is a podcast that helps women with endometriosis get in control of their condition, no longer letting it control them. I'll be asking you, the listener, what help you would like and giving you tips on how you can live a better life with endo. After all, endo does matter. Hello listeners and welcome to episode 5 of Endo Matters. In today's show I'm going to be covering the subject of painful sex. This is a very embarrassing topic and I'm sure some of you at some point will have been very reluctant to talk about this. I know I for one in the past have felt embarrassed to even talk to a partner about it let alone speak to somebody in the medical profession. Therefore in this episode we're going to cover the issues surrounding painful sex and hope we can break down some of the barriers and the taboos. Women with endometriosis almost always have painful sex, so it's really important to tackle these issues and provide some kind of answers. That said, I'm by no means an expert in this subject, so what I've done is I've got a little treat for you today and I'm invited on a guest. So I'm going to invite you to listen to Gemma Sawyer. Gemma Sawyer is a business owner. She owns a business called ILO, which is an online retailer of sexual health products. Now, the products that she sells will be a great, great help to women with endometriosis because they are designed in a way that will give you more pleasurable sex if you have any kind of issues in this area. So, with no further ado, I'm going to pass you over to Gemma. Gemma, hello and welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. So, Gemma, um, obviously I've done a little introduction to what you do. Tell me a little bit more. Tell me first of all, because obviously the reason that we got introduced to each other was because you also have endometriosis. So let's start there. Um, Tell us a little bit about your journey with endometriosis. Yes, so I was diagnosed, I think I was 32 or 33 when I had the diagnosis. So up up until that point... Um, I actually had quite a normal relationship with my periods. I was kind of had pain every now and again, but nothing that that some painkillers every month wouldn't kind of deal with. And it was so it was it was kind of in it was in my early 30s that I just started having the most horrendous pain when I was menstruating and it, you know, a, a very sort of familiar tale, I think, to, to many endometriosis sufferers in that just that feeling when either when you're during your period or the start of your period where you feel like your body is is being attacked from the inside and the outside and so I would have just the that that feeling that you're being severely kicked in your stomach and in your back and kind of breaking out into sweats almost blacking out with the pain not knowing if you kind of need to be sick or need to go to the toilet very urgently Um, And it just, it kind of came from nowhere. It didn't feel like my periods every month were getting, were getting heavier or getting more painful. It was just, I remember the first time I was just, I was asleep and I just woke up and I wondered if someone was, if if someone had got into my room and I, and I'd perhaps been attacked. Um, And I just couldn't, couldn't get my head around in the kind of dead of night. I just couldn't get my head around what was going on. And again, that, that story that so many endometriosis sufferers go through that they the 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 help or going to the doctor saying you know this is this is what this is what I'm experiencing now and being fobbed off with the usual kind of 
line of tablets that people go through and these repeated trips back to the back to the doctors that the tablets weren't working they weren't even touching the sides um I was given um I think at one point in a bit probably despair in in the doctor I was given um tramadol I was given a, a really high dose of tramadol that I was then that we then realized I was allergic to I was hospitalized because I had an allergic reaction to the tramadol one night and that it went on and it went on and, and a, a, another kind of episode that I'd had I was cycling um to college I think I was a mature student at the time I was cycling to college and I got this attack of pain when I was on my bike on quite a busy road quite a busy sort of intersection of a road and nearly passed out and I couldn't kind of right myself to get to the side of the road to get myself to safety and it was just coming on like that if I'd have known in the morning that that might have happened I wouldn't have cycled to work you know I just, I just, I just mm-hmm. found another method of transport that's how quickly the pain would come on for me it wouldn't build up um, and, you know, kind of luckily managed to get to the side of the road and kind of, uh, you know, a few sort of deep breaths and things. But I was compared to a lot of um, endometriosis, endometriosis sufferers' stories, I was diagnosed, I think, within two years. And that, that was repeated trips to the doctors. And it was a it was an endometriosis, sorry, a gynecology specialist within my doctor, a female doctor that I'd asked to see numerous times who again had just gone no try these tablets go away go away no we won't give you another sphere no it can't be this it can't be that just kind of go away and I think I got lucky in the one month when I'd made a doctor's appointment it was a locum doctor that was sitting in for this for this um doctor and in in support of me um it was such my mum said you're not going through this anymore and my mum said I'm going to come into the room with you I'm going to come and see the doctor with you and I think he was a little bit frightened of my mum and my mum saying (laughs) she's not having this anymore we're not going through this with her anymore and I think it was it was that referral of a sort of slightly scared mum that uh, sorry slightly scared of my mum that 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 I got the referral and I'd had an internal Mm. scan an internal scan um you know referred for an internal scan I had large I had a seven centimeter cyst on one ovary and a three centimeter cyst on the other which set the the appointment for the laparoscopy in motion quite quickly um and it was yeah a, a laparoscopy in 2015 um, I was diagnosed with stage four endometriosis that's my story in a nutshell really wowzers so from there what kind of treatment have you had um, from there so from being diagnosed I mean two years is an amazing thing really I mean it's it's long enough isn't it but when you think of the averages at the moment that are about eight years currently it is really great that you were seen in that short space of time I know two years is not a short space of time when you're suffering but in terms of like what other women are like obviously put through um so since that diagnosis have you had any treatment what what have you been offered thereafter I I agree I was I was very very lucky two years is a very short space of time if I'd have had to have go that level of pain I was going through, if I'd have had to have gone through that for eight to ten years as women are going through at the moment, I cannot imagine what that like what that life would have been like. Um, so, so after the after the, the laparoscopy and after the diagnosis, um, I was put on the pill quite quickly, and I think they do that, don't they, to stop the growth of another of another um, cyst, really. And I don't like the pill. I don't like it's never really agreed with me, so I wanted to come off that quite quickly. 
and I'd I'd moved I'd moved um so I was in I was living up north when when I when I had the laparoscopy and had the diagnosis and I'd moved down to London so was then kind of tuned into more endometriosis specialists down here so it was suggested that I had the the Mirena coil so I have I have a Mirena coil and fingers crossed in terms of the pain and kind of heavy bleeding that has that has really minimized has has really minimized all of that but I think where I where I suffer the most which I think is a little bit harder to get kind of tangible treatment from a doctor is things like my energy levels my mood depression it's it's that that I struggle with the most it's that that I struggle with on a daily basis and I I really don't know what's worse I know you know some women go through the pain or some women you know some women go through the pain and then have all of the fatigue and the loss of energy that goes with it but it's it's my energy levels on a daily basis is where I really really struggle and just not having the energy to do much and that's where I really struggle so you know I've tried kind of various various medications various kind of diet things and it's it's a it's real it's real trial and error isn't it kind of trying to trying to trying to find the thing right for you and it just sometimes it just feels like this is just a really boring life because of the kind of sacrifices Mm -hmm. and things that that I have to go through and although you know although it's for your health and it's it's for your everyday sort of well-being like being healthy is quite boring (laughs) you just feel like you're giving up (laughs) you've given up so much life yeah it's it's exactly that and I know like with with the work I do um I try and well I do I help women to realize that you can have a little bit of a a life alongside having this condition if you get things working in synergy with each other then you can have that little bit of life that we all crave and and and, you know want through living with this so I do get where you're coming from like um, the energies and everything can stop you in life from from doing the things that you really want to do and and again you know so many women are left like that without any kind of answers. So I think like with the work I do and obviously the, 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 the things that we're going to talk about now with what you do, it's, it's about raising awareness for endometriosis sufferers and showing them that there is another way through this condition. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. And I think a lot, a lot of it, I think does, does come down to self and it's, I think one of the reasons why why I started ILO is as an endometriosis and, and as an endometriosis sufferer when so much of your well, it's your sexual organs that are that are so subject to medical intervention kind of how sexy do you feel getting home from an internal scan mm-hmm. or going to have a meeting about your fertility yeah. or your lack of fertility like the last thing you want to do is kind of get in touch with yourself and be sexual and what you know why should that be but it's it, it's it's just the kind of, it's that you know it's the way that that you know when when you go when you go for a for a scan of your of your ovaries that's the same sort of scan that you see when or that I I don't have children but when you, you know when you see on television or when you see your friends they're kind of going for their scans of their babies and things and it's like when yeah just how how much do you feel like being a sexy person or how how does that affect you so mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 those sort of things that you know. Yeah. Booking a doctor's appointment to go and tell your doctor I'm not feeling very sexy. I don't know what they do with you. You know, if they don't, if they won't do much, when you tell them. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> if they don't do much when you tell them, yeah, you're it's in not a medical pain condition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they're not. They're I not going to do I a know. great deal. Not for this condition. And so it's, yeah, it's just trying to kind of reclaim that and just take a bit of time for yourself and 
try and help yourself that way. Yeah, totally. Which leads me nicely into actually tell us about ILO. What is what is ILO? So ILO is the UK's first sexual health and well-being retailer um, by women for women. So every item that we stock has been designed by a woman. So I've got nine um, kind of products that are, that are to do with sexual wellness. So we've got sex toys, internal and external sex toys, also vegan biodegradable condoms. And um, I also stock a lubricant that's been formulated by a medical herbalist as well. So it's very closely studied, studied the vaginal pH balance and wherever a lot, a lot of lubricants can be very chemical. And then in January, I also started stocking sustainable menstrual products, which are like chemical free menstrual products because we're just reading so much about how much how much our menstrual products can can affect our bodies and also that how long they can stick around on the on the planet for afterwards as well so it's really important to me to support female design innovation and women that have um, that, that have kind of realized problems within the world and problems within kind of female sexuality and decided to start companies so every brand that I stock bar one um, the, the, is female founders and then I do stock one brand the Japanese brand that is owned by men but they have a, a line specifically for women that's been designed by women so I think it, it just makes perfect sense that the the revenue that the sexual health the sexual health and wellness market is bringing in the majority of that revenue is going to men so it's really important to me that that we're kind of looking at products that are designed by women that know their bodies and it just it just makes perfect sense to me that, that mm. I kind of put put all of these products and all of these brands into one place that's fantastic it's really really great concept um, well done you for, for thinking that up but what is it that kind of led you to setting up the business was it through your experience of um you know sexual health um with the condition of endometriosis was was it that that led you to do this it actually wasn't it was it, it, it that's kind of it that's kind of um I don't know um something that kind of fell into place afterwards I think and I think just just before just before starting the business I had had to go through a lot of appointments and things and just and it was coming out of those appointments thinking the last thing I want to do right now is either have sex or go and masturbate because I just don't feel like that right now but the initial the initial um kind of impetus was was the experience that the, the customer experience of buying sex toys I found sex shops really seedy I found that I didn't kind of belong in them like I'm not that kind of sexy that that you know going into a sex shop and seeing a product thinking that that product isn't for me so I shouldn't necessarily be in here I didn't quite feel like felt feel like I, I belonged in places like that and even in even kind of shopping online as well some looking at some products that you'd want to kind of really quickly like shut your browser window down if someone came near you while you were looking at a site so I curated and there, there is there's so much shame attached to female pleasure as well and again that shouldn't be the case Every, you know majority of people don't say everybody does it the majority of people do it you know are in touch with their you know with with their kind of sexual being or you know everybody masturbates would like to think um but it's why is why is it so shameful why why have we got products why are we just like stuffing them away in our knicker drawers so so it was it was that that kind of customer experience so I've curated a selection of products that could live out so they're kind of smart products and I think you you know you should to me it feels like you should buying a sexual wellness product should feel like when we buy a new 
piece of makeup or your smartwatch. So all of the brands are kind of really, are really beautiful. They're really modern. And the products, you could just have them out on your bedside table and no one would no one would kind of think that they were sex toys. And I think that is, is a real kind of breakthrough, I think, for women, that there's so much kind of shame attached to owning these products and to buying them and to using them as well. So it was it was that initially I, I was, um, yeah, kind of saw a bit of a gap in the market. So everything that if, uh, the way that the ILO website looks and um, every I've kind of curated everything. So they look like the way that everything's been photographed is like they're sculptural objects. They're not they're not sex toys. You wouldn't feel shame if, if you were scrolling on your phone and somebody came over to you, you wouldn't feel shame. You wouldn't feel that really quick need to shut your window down. So it's that that that's kind of really important. And then then, yeah, like I say, it was the kind of. It was the afterthought with lots, lots of different appointments that I was having with with endometriosis at the time that that yeah just made me think this this kind of needs to be tackled and is something that that we should be speaking about more. Most definitely, and kind of what would your advice be to the women that are experiencing painful sex at the moment with regards to the things that you sell? I think. I think self self discovery and self pleasure I think is quite important because you're on your own time you're in your own space I think with if you're with a if you're with a partner and you're experiencing pain you, you know you can feel you can feel embarrassed in that sense you can feel that sense of what you know why can't I do this why can't we just do this so I think kind of self exploration and Play, play, playing around playing around with different products as well we do we sell an amazing product called the own up buffer ring um which could, it, they're these kind of stretchy stretchy rings that, are, that are an inventor in new york has she crowdfunded for and um, some of the products that i stock on i love been crowdfunded in kickstarter campaigns and this product will either sit at the base of the penetrative partner or you can use it in sex toys as well so you can play around with the depth of insertion which seems to be one of the kind of biggest problems with endometriosis sufferers it's it's when a, 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 a either a, a, um, a partner or um, or a sex toy it, whether it kind of goes too deep in the vagina that's when it starts to hurt so with a product like the mm-hmm. own you can start to, you can start to play around with depth which i think is really important i've spoken to other endometriosis endometriosis sufferers that find that masturbating before sexual before sex can really help with um with kind of the body being relaxed and the vagina being relaxed and I think if, if you know if you can if you can kind of know your limits on your own then that might help like partnered sex might help it along a little bit or might help you to verbalize what it is that hurts or what it is that you kind of want or what you need somebody else to do with you and um, I think yeah self-exploration I'd say is, is, is a really important part in that and um, so that that would be kind of my my main tip if you if you know what if you know what you can and can't take on your own if you're not in front of a, of a, of a, of a partner then I think that would help yeah I think that's brilliant advice I mean um, I've had a lot of counselling in this area because I thought, well, obviously it was my issue and it's it's been a problem throughout my life has, um, you know, painful sex or shame around um, me telling somebody that I have painful sex. And I went and got some help from um, a, a lady. Um, I won't say her name right now because I might get her on the show um, in a few weeks' time, um, so I'll leave it as a surprise. But um, <laughs> She, 
actually talked a lot about that initially. She she was telling me like about masturbation and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, but I want this to fix my relationship. I don't want to be like just like pleasuring myself. I want to help my relationship. Because yeah, but if you don't know what how to pleasure yourself first, then you're not going to be able to move forward with your relationship. And it kind of made a lot of sense then to me that obviously you need to know what you like because I've had sex for so many years without actually having pleasure with it, which is very sad. And I mean, that that was just me. And I know I've had women that have come and talked to me even just recently and said that the relationships have broken down because they couldn't, for one, vocalise what was happening and why, um, obviously, they didn't want to have sex with the partner. And without that vocalisation and without that understanding of your own body, then I think a lot of women are put in this position. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, it's so hard to, it's so hard to talk about. I think we're taught so early on that sex is shameful, that masturbation is shameful. So why should it be that now you've got this condition that, oh, that it just clicks and you should be able to talk about that? It's hard to talk about anyway. Mm. So you know it's 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 another thing it's another thing with this condition that's that makes life that makes elements of life super hard you know you don't it's you 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 know in sex sometimes you're in a vulnerable position anyway you know it's it's very intimate you you know the the you know I've got I I know you know I know people that that certain they're allergic to certain condoms but having that having that discussion with somebody about oh no we need to use kind of this kind and it's you know there's shame attached to being to needing a lube a lubricant when you're having sex because old women should be women should be prepared enough that this is just natural so there's so many different things that 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 are difficult to talk about with sex anyway but then this this kind of added thing and now I've got I know I know women that are in that are in relationships that that find it with endometriosis that find it really hard. So I'm I'm single, and to to speak to a new sexual partner about this can be really hard as well. So it's just, yeah, it's just another thing that's that's difficult. That's got it's got no answers. There's there's no medical profession saying well you should do this and you should do this and you should do this. So much about endometriosis is right. Go away. Go and find out what works for you. Um. But there's there's, mm. no, there's nothing definitive. It's so under researched, and the research is so underdeveloped that it is a, it's a real trial and error. But if it's an area that you struggle to speak about anyway, I, you know, there's so many women that just close the door and go right. Well, I just can't have sex yeah. anymore. It's really sad. Absolutely, really sad. That's definitely. So, do you believe that women with endometriosis can have pleasurable sex then? I'd love to say yes, but I don't. I don't think that's mm-hmm. the answer. I think women. I think women still and will carry on struggling. There's there, you know. There's there's more and more products on the market which are amazing. I love that there's more and more products that are designed by women, but I I really don't know the answer to that question. I I think if if you you know if you can if you can kind of take that time for yourself and even if it's to 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 discover self-pleasure um, or to kind of work with yourself but it's kind of that's another kind of therapy that you're giving yourself that's really hard mm. I, there's sadly there's no cure-all there's no cure-all for anything to do with the to do with the disease I would love to be able to say well try these products that I sell and you'll have you'll have a much better <laughs> sex life but it is it's down to the individual isn't it and it's it's more more experimentation and more trial and error um 
but I think there, you know, there are there are products on the market to help. Um, and and the the owner that I was that I was um, speaking about the buffer rings, that that is a that is it is something with women in mind because it's women that tend to suffer from painful sex. But that is that has been designed with a man in mind as well. If you're us- if you're using it for partnered sex, um, that 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 it's a it's it is I think I think it is is it um sold as a couple's toy so that if you're in a relationship and your partner just still want impenetrative um, sex that's the solution for them as well and that's something that you can work through as a couple um, and there, it's, it's a very very nice nicely branded product and there's kind of cue cards in the box that would give would give couples something you know something to talk about if a kind of conversation started that say well why don't we go like why don't we start like this why don't we do this so it's that that opening up the conversation as well which I think is really useful um and yeah. yeah just just kind of find it that's actually really really fantastic actually because it is where do you start that conversation yeah yeah where yeah. does it start yeah yeah and it's, how do you approach that subject yeah and it's not an easy conversation to have um yeah it's quite interesting I've sold those products when I've been shipping them out I've sold them to men actually the so I like to think that there's a bit of um yeah some discerning shoppers out there that that want to want to have that conversation as well definitely so i mean i'm really interested in in this product um i'm all for like women with endometriosis having contact with the least amount of chemicals possible yeah. we're very very sensitive to it things that we put on our skin obviously the things we eat the things that you know um, we come into contact with pollutants i think everything is has a massive effect on us. So the obviously the sanitary products that you sell are chemical free. Talk us a little bit through that. Yeah. Um, I have talked about this a lot on my um, socials. So tell me from your viewpoint um, why it is that you stock the sanitary products that you sell. It, it kind of occurred to me that I've you know been using tampons for years and have never even looked on the packet what's in them really. And I wonder if it's a, you know a lot of um, a lot of problems that we suffer from to do with these chemicals that that because because the big brands are the kind of first things that you grab in that you grab in the supermarket that you just you just kind of use them without thinking really and um, I've got a friend who used the first lockdown to to to, to kind of teach herself to use a moon cup because you know the kind of more there's, there's nothing worse is there than being uncomfortable on your periods we have enough problems anyway so that time that she had at home where she knew that she's kind of doing it wrong or that she's struggling she had a bathroom nearby um and she is a big sufferer or was a big sufferer of um cystitis and found that coming stopping to use sorry stopping using tampons was lessening her 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 mm-hmm. bites about cystitis and I wouldn't you know I wonder if there's something in that there must be and I think it's fairly recently the chemicals that are actually in sanitary towels so not even products that you're that you're inserting and um, the amount of chemicals in in sanitary towels as well are just awful okay awful for us and awful for the environment so within we stock the the world's first reusable tampon applicator as well and again that's a crowdfunded project um 
and it's self-cleaning. It has a kind of macro in it that's self-cleaning. And then the company also sell its cotton tampons so they don't leave anything behind in you. And it kind of it's more research that I've been carrying out before I started stocking these products about the, the walls of the vagina and some of the most sensitive tissue in the body. So why is mm-hmm. it that these companies are actually allowed to sell us these products that are really bad for us? I think it's, is it rayon? I think the fiber that's in, that's in tampons that can stay inside you. Um, so it just makes sense that, that we're using products that, that are just better for us that don't really, that don't have these chemicals. Um, but it's, but as I said, it's kind of something that, that we don't really research. You know, when you're in your sort of early teenage years, you'll use you'll use whatever's there, or, you know, whatever's quite quick to buy. And I think it's within the it's within the branding of the products as well. I was thinking more and more about as women, if you're kind of working in an office environment, the amount of times that I've shoved a tampon up my sleeve to go to the toilet yeah. because I don't because I don't want to be embarrassed and I don't want to embarrass anyone around me. It's kind of over half the over half the population are women why is it that we do this i think it's you know <laughs> tampon the, the the main the, the main kind of brands the most popular brands i think are in really awful packaging that just screams tampon and so so a lot of the a lot of the, the well, all of the brands that i stock they're not in those traditional menstrual product colors so if you were kind of going to the bathroom then then you know you kind of wouldn't feel that that sense of embarrassment but it's yeah it just it it really strikes me and I'm guilty of it as well I used to work in an office uh and um yeah I was always doing the doing the shuffle of shoving something up your sleeve or (laughs) not you know making sure when you're on your period making sure you wear a dress that's got pockets if you need to scuttle to the toilet it's it's so bad and it's 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 lack of education and it's again you know could come back to lack of like menstrual education as well you know when you're taught when you're taught about periods and things in school taught about sex in school it's all so embarrassing the delivery and the product and the way that the way that it's kind of broached it's just it just makes you never want to kind of broach that subject again it's um that that's why we have this shame around using these products shame around using menstrual products it shouldn't be the case so true i completely agree with you there and just kind of doubling back to like the um the products with chemicals in them kind of studies I've kind of looked at are women having toxic shock syndrome from tampons. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's just something that people don't even think about, but that could be coming from the chemicals that are in these products. Yeah. And, you know, nobody wants to have that on the, on the hands, do they? You know, it's, it's not, it's not a very nice thing to be dealing with. So, I think there's a lot to be said by the things that we're either inserting or things that we're using. And yeah. especially, like I say, women with endometriosis who are very sensitive to chemicals, yeah. definitely sensitive to chemicals. I think that it's something, again, that's something I teach to the ladies I work with, that you know, if, if you're using sanitary products, then make sure that they are natural cotton fibres rather than the chemical ones. Um, and just to tell you a little story about the Moon Cup with me, so I love the concept of it. Ladies listening who don't know what the moon cup is, it's like a um, little plastic cup that you insert inside and you kind of bend it and it opens up and it catches all the period blood. And obviously you don't have to change it as much. It's um, you can, I think you can wear it up to about 12 hours. 
and you take it out and then you just empty it down the loo. But because I am like the most squeamish person you're ever going to meet, um, I did this and thought it was being like really good. Got it up there, got it in, great. Emptied it out, bang, flat on the floor, passed out. Don't like the sight of blood. So for me, it was an absolute no. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, so ladies listening, the concept is amazing. There's no waste. There's no like chemicals. It's very natural. It's amazing. And I would really recommend it. But if you're squeamish with blood, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I never, I never thought until you told me that story. I'd actually never thought of that. I can't watch any kind of medical drama on telly, but I can just about cope with menstrual blood. Um, <laughs> no, it's a simple thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's funny that um, the majority of um, um, kind of sanitary towels and things they're a, they're a white product, so you have to look at your you have to look mm. at your own blood. The, uh, the wear amount pads that we stock it's a navy the product is navy so you don't you don't have to look at your own blood right um that's pretty good as well you see it doesn't bother me looking at it like that but when you had to kind of put, i think it's the pouring and the sound and the oh no yeah no, it, it wasn't for me definitely wasn't yeah. For me. yeah when it's yeah when it kind of yeah when it becomes a pourable thing it's not that nice is it <laughs> no not great oh, no. um so Gemma. If we think about um, the products that you sell, what are your tips for women with endometriosis to have a better sex life? I think a good relationship with yourself is a really good place to start. Mm -hmm. And it's that's so difficult to say because I know how difficult it is when there's this thing that, you know, society on yourself perceives as wrong with you that's really difficult but start slowly with yourself um explore your product there are there are a lot of products on the market that that are made from harmful chemicals you find that the the less that sorry the the less expensive products or the, the cheaper products are made from from harmful chemicals in, in it can be things like um some some material is porous and um, so can actually um some rubbers are porous so they can hold things like stis and and nasties that that you don't need so research the the um the makeup of your products everything that we sell is a, is a medical grade silicone um and don't be you know take take that time with yourself and it can it can be anything from if you need to use a lubricant use a lubricant that's fine um adding and um, putting condoms over your sex toys as well can give you a different sensation can give you a smoother sensation there's nothing wrong with that and um, if you want to explore external simulation first then do that i think it is a good it's a good exercise to explore your depth if it is penetrative sex that really hurts you it is a good idea to explore your depth to explore how much you can take um, so whether that you know whether that's with this, whether you're experimenting with a sex tool and you're on your own and you're in your own controlled environment before before you then explore it with a partner, um, that's something to is something to bear in mind. Um, but yeah, it's taking time and taking that that experimentation and working out what works for you um, before you yeah before you before you um, work before you have sex with with a penetrative partner perhaps that would be my top tips I think oh thank you that's that's really great um anything that um I haven't talked about that maybe you wanted to cover in this maybe regards endometriosis 
regards sex or anything to do with the products you sell? Is anything that you haven't covered that you'd maybe like to tell our listeners about? Oh, I'm having a think. Um... we've covered everything i think everything's in there yeah yeah so where can we find you where can we find ilo so we're online at the moment so ilo is spelt i-l-o-h dot co dot uk or you can give us a follow on instagram we are underscore ilo dot co dot uk and we run lots of competitions we run a monthly competition i'm starting to do instagram lives with the the inventors of products as well so you can get a sense of stories behind the products often attached to people's personal stories as well and why they've created the products often comes from their personal needs um and yeah kind of doing more more and more podcasts to to really get the to get the story out and to open up these lines of conversation that to shed the shame that we shouldn't feel shame about our self-pleasure and our sexual wellness so yeah that's that well thank you so much Gemma for coming on I think um, listeners would agree that it is a subject that is very embarrassing to talk about but I think you've made it quite an easy subject and I think that's probably the message that you want to get out there is that this doesn't have to be a taboo subject and especially obviously when you're having painful sex it's something that you know people and women should be talking about more and more and if that shame and taboo can be lifted then I think it it, you know it'd be an easier place for women to come and, and chat about. Yeah absolutely yeah thank you so much. No, thank you, Gemma. And any listeners um, that maybe want to chat with Gemma, you can also find her on socials. So, Gemma, where can we find you there? Yeah, Instagram's probably is probably the best way to get hold of me. I run my own socials, so I'm always um, checking out my checking out my DMs. So, yeah, we're um, at underscore ilo.co.uk. Um, so, yeah. Um, happy to it's again that's something that that we offer on the website is if you want to talk through any products before you make a purchase and that's fine and I've often um people have sent me questions about products so I've taken the products out of the boxes and kind of filmed little videos so you can either tell how squashy something is or how hard something is or or how to kind of use products so I'm really happy to do that for people as well if they kind of want a bit of a, a consultation before making a purchase to find the right product for them Brilliant. That's amazing. Um, I'll also add in the show notes at the bottom of the podcast where you can find Gemma and the um, the link to ILO as well. So listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you found it useful. I know I did. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Endo Matters. Thanks for listening to Endo Matters. I've been Michelle Brooks from Desired Physique. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, please drop me a message on Facebook or Instagram or email me at info at If you like what you've heard and have found the information useful, please subscribe to the podcast on the platform you are listening to. Also, if you have enjoyed the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Endo Matters is recorded and produced by Strength in Media.